It's the Weekend Show with Ken Kidney. Good morning, good evening, good night, and welcome to a brand spanking new edition of the Weekend Show. I have the great pleasure of being joined by my perennial co-host, Garrett. Say hello to the loyal listeners, Garrett. Perennial. I'm always here. <laughs> Even when we're not doing the podcast, it's getting kind of awkward. Yeah, I just sit in the room and Ken's like, Gar, what are you doing in there? Podcast, Ken. We're not doing an episode this week, Gar. Podcast, Ken. And that's when we call the, the white jacket people or straight jacket people. They let they me wear, out. They wear white jackets. They let me out on Saturdays to do podcasts. <laughs> we are, we're back, Gar, from our summer hiatus. That's what we're calling it. And raring to go with an excellent show lined up for you this week. Yeah, we took about three weeks off. You were in America, we were in London. It, it just kind of fell apart for a few weeks. Yeah, but uh, we're, we're committed. We got loads of tweets missing us. Yeah. Loads. People begged us to come back. Yeah. We're going to kick off in just a little bit with the stories that caught our eye from the last week. We bring you our top picks from around the web, as per usual, in NetPicks. And we wrap things up later with a discussion on the recent trend of Hollywood reboots and adaptations. But more on that later. Before we delve into the week's pop culture talking points, Gar, my fine fellow, we are back. What have you been doing with yourself during our little, air quotes, break? Yeah, it's a work, this is going to become a yearly thing. Yes. Just to cover for the fact that we haven't done a podcast in three weeks. Yeah, but you know, we're, we, we're back and better than ever. We're rebooted. Yeah, that's a, it's following through the theme of the show. So what's, what's new? Very little. Good. Mario Maker came out. We, uh, which seems like an, a while ago, but we haven't done a podcast since Mario Maker came out. Gareth is uh, very much enamored with Mario Maker. I've made 26 levels. 26? 26. Already? And I can make 40. So there's another 14 coming your way, world. So what happens after you make 40? You have to wait for people to star your levels more, and then you can make more. Okay. I have 300 stars, which makes me feel all warm and fuzzy inside until I see people that have like 40-something thousand. And I'm like, you're not better than me. How long has this game been out? And they're, they're, they're like they're like a month and they've got like... They have a lot of stars. They have a lot of stars. They're like nothing but Mario Maker. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, I was in America, United States of America, uh, to be more specific, San Francisco. Uh, it's a very nice city, but uh, I would give people a piece of advice. Uh, the weather is kind of like Ireland in that it changes very frequently. So it can be very cold and, and windy and all of a sudden and a blazing heat. Also, if you're not walking up a hill, you're walking down one. So it's a very hilly place. So get ready to walk. Learn how to roll. Uh, yeah. But one of the coolest things that we did there was we went on a Segway tour all around the city. We did, like zipped up and down uh, hills and went on the roads. And like uh, I was pretty nervous beforehand because, you know, Segways, moving vehicles, me. I was picturing a disaster. But we we had a lot of fun and it was it was pretty cool. The Segways are really cool. They're like 6,000, 7,000 euro, but uh, I would totally get one if I had the money. I was disappointed to find out you didn't crash it. No, I was actually quite good. In I, fact, Gary. I expected you to crash your Segway. You, you can barely control your feet. Never mind a, a moving vehicle of some sort. This was also my concern, but I managed to pull it off. But uh, uh, like for some reason, like I didn't plan it this way, but it became one of the most active holidays I've ever been on. We walked everywhere. We went on a we like biked to the Golden Gate Bridge, biked over the Golden Gate Bridge, biked back over the Golden Gate Bridge, and then uh, we, which is something I highly recommend. It's not too expensive as the experience of a lifetime. And I wouldn't we, be very good at it. And then we biked back. Yeah, but like it's. Uh, I, can, I, I, can you can you rent tricycles? Yeah. No. Well, I don't know. You might be able. To. <laughs> can you have a tr- can you add a third wheel to the bike so I don't fall off of it, or please? Stabilizers. But my uh, our mother. Who we share as a mother. Yes. Expressed the, the concern. I was like, oh, can you can you remember to ride a bike? Because it'd been like ten or twelve years at that point. And I was like, I think it'll be okay. I hear it's like riding a bike. Yeah, hey, well, hey, uh, brother Ed had his doubts too, didn't he? He did, but he has his doubts about everything because he's a cynical person. Yeah, cynical Ed. I don't think he's listened to the last episode of the podcast. <gasps> I know he's one of our most loyal listeners. He's he's Come slacking. Back, Come back. <laughs> We're not producing good enough content for Ed. Uh, also, Gary, we went to London recently. We did. Together. London. London. We went to see Revolution Pro Wrestling Uprising, yeah. which was a joint promotion of New Japan Pro Wrestling and RPW. Great show. Great 
great show. It's on RPW On Demand on Vimeo. If you want to check it out, it's twelve pounds, which is like eight pounds. It, no, it's eight pounds. Eight pounds. Yeah, sorry. Eight ninety nine. I think. Eight ninety nine. Twelve euro. I don't know what that is in dollars, but it's, it's about the same. Fourteen dollars. No, maybe eleven dollars uh, or twelve. Well, it's not less than the euro. Thirteen dollars, maybe. Gary, you're the business person. I don't know exchange rates. Jeez, Ken, I don't. I don't check them every morning. It's just like gotta check the exchange rates this morning because I have a sad, sorry life. Yeah, like our mother who checks it every day for some <laughs> reason, even though she's not going anywhere. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it was a great show. The New Japan people were in good form. They didn't just kind of phone it in over here. Phone it in because they kind of were in a small venue. But uh, I highly recommend you check it out if if you want to check it out out on DVD or on RPW on demand. It's available. Uh, check out their website for more details. But it is uh, a rocking good time, Gar. It is. I was on a different podcast talking about it this week. So you can check that out whenever it goes up. Yeah. So if you want to do a, a sneaky plug. Yeah. The, the Brit Res Roundtable on VoicesOfWrestling.com. Should be up in the next few days, I'd imagine. Sneaky Netflix. I'm on the first half of it. Yeah. And then my Netflix next week will be me. <laughs> Go listen to more of me. <laughs> and finally, uh, last order of business, we saw the martian together yesterday yes i really liked the martian i really like it too one of the criticisms i saw leveled against it was that it didn't kind of delve into the darkness as much as it could have like you know the the loneliness and the bleakness of the situation was like that was my favorite part (laughs) exactly that's my favorite part as well like people face adversity differently and cope with stress differently like it's uh, it was refreshing to see like him not being all mopey and morose and stoic. Yeah. You know, like gravity, which is just Sandra Bullock panting a lot for ninety minutes and looking looking terrified. Whereas he's just like he gets through gets through with humor. And it's actually as well as being quite serious, intense. It's very tense, but it's, it's, yeah, it's also it's funny. It's, it's very funny. Matt Damon is bank here. He's super affable. He's like the light, most likable guy. Yeah, he's just like I like you, Matt Damon. You do likable things, and I'll be like, yeah, I'm gonna watch you be likable in this film. Where you're stranded on Mars. Yeah. But uh, I I would highly recommend it. Uh, apparently the book doesn't hold up too well. Apparently he's quite, like, he's quite the, similar because he's uh, quite positive as well in his outlook in the book. But as a first-time writer who is a former IT technician, you can... Uh, he apparently, he apparently goes goes all in on the science of it. Yeah, so he kind of gets... Or is there, like, like the, the film has a lot of science, but it, it's very snappy kind of science. It's, they don't go deep into it. It's just like... I need to grow potatoes. Here's how I'm growing potatoes. I need to get from here to here, but I don't have the resources. Here's how I'm going to do it. It's not like, oh, hours of exposition on, well, this needs to be done and this needs to be done. It's just snappy. Do it. Move on. Yeah, it's uh, it's got a great supporting cast as well with Jessica Chastain as as uh, Michael Pena, who seems to be in a lot of things nowadays. I can't take him seriously because of Ant Man. Yeah, I know he's not playing like that serious of a character here, but I can't take him seriously because of Ant Man. Uh, also. Uh, yeah. Don Glover makes a short appearance. Yeah, it. Jeff Daniels, Sean Jeff, Bean. Jeff Daniels, Sean Bean. Yeah. Okay, this is a slight spoiler. Sean Bean doesn't die. He doesn't die. It's like the first film I've ever seen him in. Yeah. He doesn't die. And there's a really funny Lord of the Rings joke. Yeah. Uh, uh, so look out for that. It's a little, little Easter egg for you. But The Martian, I, I would give it four to four and a half stars. I think it's one of my favorite films of the year. I think it is one of the top films of the year. Do you think uh, Matt Damon deserves an Oscar nom? Because most of the other films are going to be super like bleak and stuff. Or super yeah. serious. I want him to get it just because it's a feel-good film. That's basically a single-hander for a lot of the film, but he makes it entertaining on his own. Yeah. Go see The Martian. Go see The Martian. We give it our thumbs up. Also, don't get stranded on Mars. So let's... Because that would be terrifying. That would be Cause terrifying because like, like, apparently it's like it's not four years away like this Arizona. It's like seven years away. Yeah. Like, so. just don't do it. Just don't go to Mars. That, that's that's the, also the other option. Don't go to Mars. If you don't go to Mars, can you can't get stranded on Mars. Although apparently they're developing a theoretical rocket... Yeah. That you could fly there in nine months and, and back in that, nine months. That's quite impressive. But they'd probably have to figure out how not to liquefy the people inside. Yeah. I find it pretty amazing that we can communicate with Mars. That's pretty cool. You know, if we if we had people there, we could talk to them. Yeah. The scale of time, though, really baffles my mind. Because like, if you set off, like, it's not manned or anything, but you set off on a Mars mission, it takes years for anything to happen. Yeah. It, it takes years to get there and it might not even get there something might happen where it might just blow up or you're just sitting on a spaceship for seven years until you get there and then you're there it's a long time it's like you almost forget that it happened or something yeah it's like oh yeah i'm going to mars oh yeah i'm just living on a spaceship but uh we we better get started with the the, the week's stories before we talk we too much about mars we could have a whole podcast on, on on bits and pieces that we did because we've been uh 
been on on the shelf for so long, but we're we, back we, on. We haven't just been lazy. We haven't. There was a week where we were probably lazy, but then you went to Kerry as well in the middle of it. Yeah. I had a, a very good time. Well, a bit, it was weird. All my holidays kind of came at once. I didn't really plan it that way, but I was just kind of like, oh, yeah. Ken just went to three places in the space of like three weeks. Yeah. So As you do. You know, Gar, uh, one name dominated the early episodes of this podcast. He's the first thing we talked about. Yeah, on the weekend show. Yeah. So in our top story this week, I thought we would catch up on the continuing adventures of our friend, Seth Blatter. I'm sure Seth is a, 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 a friend of the show at this stage. Yeah, he listens. He's one of our many listeners. We've talked about him often enough. <laughs> <laughs> For him, his, his media team to, to pick on us. Like, is he one, do you think he's one of those people, like that president of, is it Venezuela or whatever country it is? Yeah, one of that, those. That, like, like picks up on minute uh, dissenters and just, like, and shouts at them. And just, like, focuses on them, <laughs> even though they have no real power. We'd happily have him on the show. Anyway, there have been some interesting developments, to say the least. And not surprisingly, our boy is in trouble again. Yep, he's been suspended. For 90 days. So he's on his way out the door anyway, in theory. Yeah. Even though he's 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 been kind of frolicking around with the idea of running again. <laughs> he's, he's, he's just clinging on. He's just mm-hmm. like, uh, no, we're, I'm not going to step down early. Then there's this financial impropriety, uh, which, which apparently involves a payment of 1.5 million for some kind of job. He claims Michelle Platini, the president of FIFA, or UEFA, I should say, did. Who was in the running for the job for president of FIFA. Until now. Yay. He basically <laughs> torpedoed his whole campaign. Until he, well, that's assuming he's found guilty. So, like, like the story kind of started really last week with many of FIFA's key sponsors, like McDonald's, Coke, uh, all those guys calling for him to step down because he's poisoned the whole thing. And then he refused and he said he wouldn't step down early. And then now he's been suspended for 90 days, which is basically taking him up to half the time that he's supposed to stay. So, uh, you know, when champions of corporate practice like McDonald's and Coca-Cola are calling for your head, you know, you're doing something a little wrong there. But it's it's FIFA is essentially like reverse Oprah at this stage. It's yeah. just like you're corrupt and you're corrupt. And like there, there's a, a guy, uh, let me sign his name, uh, who's, who's taken over. Isa Hayato is uh, the president of the Africa Football Union CAF. But even he is being investigated. And the person who's taking over at UEFA, while well, both of them are suspended, uh, I turn, uh, Angel Villar Leon, Villona, Lona? Two L's, no idea. No, I don't know how to Panic. Panic. But uh, he's also under investigation as well. And you're corrupt. And you're corrupt. So, uh, and he's just steadfast. He's like refusing to go. Like, as in he's like, he, uh, he thinks that if he denies it for long enough, it will just go away. People just stop asking. It's like, he's not going to say anything about it. Let's just, uh, just run FIFA for, for the next like 20 years till you die, Seth. It's yeah. fine. Fine. Just, 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 just run FIFA. He <laughs> just, just can't possibly put up with you anymore. We don't care anymore. <laughs> Do you think Seth is going to uh, call it, call it quits at this point, Gar? No. I mean, he repeatedly, and I mean repeatedly, denied any wrongdoing. Said, like, pretty much distanced himself from all the people who were closest to him going, yeah, I probably should have known about that, but my bad. And it wasn't me. I didn't do any of it. It, it was them. They all did it. Like, but, as we've said on this podcast before, he is either super corrupt or extraordinarily inept. Or like just oblivious to everything. He is eight, uh, 18 early, so maybe he's just seen Island. He just point. doesn't really know what's going on. But uh, like, I, I for one, uh, I'm going to support Seth till the bloody end. Yeah. I, I'm just curious to see how long it's going to take. For... <laughs> We're just curious to see how, how. You see, I think they, they've, they've moved to the World Cup to the most impractical places possible. I would like to see how more corrupt he could get. Like, like if, if like atlantis stage a bid yeah would he host the world cup under the sea if he got enough money for it i'm sure he would but uh uh mr dyke yeah whose name first name escapes me it's probably here in the script somewhere but he's the president of the fa in england said that that um surely if there's any proof of wrongdoing with the bids for the world cup speaking of which uh for qatar and russia that they'd have to reopen the votes for both of them I, I, uh, I don't know if it's terribly practical at this point. Which one's first? 
2018 in Russia, who have a footballing culture. Yeah, Russia will probably happen because I think Russia are capable of staging a World Cup. And they have a footballing history, at least. Uh, of some sort. I think Qatar will be will be stripped and all those people died for no reason. That's the worst part of that, isn't it? Yeah, a lot of people died already at, to make the 2022 World Cup happen. And it's not... How many years? It's like seven years away. Football isn't worth it, folks. No. Fo- football is not worth people dying. Ever. Uh, but if if you're Seth Blatter, it's it's just like money, 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 money. How much more money could he need? Because surely he's a multi-millionaire at this stage, and uh, he probably has like nineteen offshore bank accounts. Yeah, allegedly. So he doesn't sue us. Um, <laughs> that, that, that's a good point. But at the same time, like how much how much much of his assets will be frozen, pending like this this Swiss investigation? Now? Yeah. FIFA, just just go away, FIFA. I, just I get rid of FIFA and start again with something else. Scrap FIFA and 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 form IFA. Yeah, International a, Football Federation Association. Association. <laughs> <laughs> and it's in English this time. Screw you with your French acronyms. That's what they need. A rebrand. I think it's French. FIFA is in French, isn't it? Yeah, it is. In, uh, it's, it's found in Switzerland. So yeah, it's, it's, well, Switzerland speak like six languages. Yeah, those s- stupid smart people who speak more languages than my current one. Well, I speak one and like a quarter of two other languages. Yeah, so I speak like one and a half total languages. That's pretty good. I speak some German and some Irish. But that's getting off topic. I I would like to see what uh, what what FIFA will do to revive their brand. But I also want to see that bladder cling in there for to right right to the very end. <laughs> Till they had to literally like, like, like Osama him or something. Yeah. Just... <laughs> They'll kill him <laughs> and dump his body in the sea. For, for acts of terror in football. Yeah. Uh, that was a slightly controversial opinion. That does not reflect the opinion of the weekend show with Ken Kidney. Yeah, yeah it doesn't reflect you know the, sh- the opinion of the weekend show with Ken Kidney, but it does reflect the opinion of Ken Kidney. Yeah. So we don't, like, you can't sue, a co- you can't, you can't sue me, but you can sue the company. Wait. You can't sue the podcast, but you can sue Ken. Yeah, go ahead. Basically, I'm not liable. Ken is. I've got nothing to to give you, so do away. What's up? What's up next this week, Gar? Facebook are are doing strange things, Ken. They're, like it's a very very strange story. So, uh, pardon my French, but social media giant Facebook literally made a tit of themselves <laughs> during this week. <laughs> tit. When they went PC mad, uh, they basically blocked a breast cancer awareness post for being overly sexual. Because it had line drawings of how to check your breasts for breast cancer. Line drawings, not like like pictures of women doing it. Line drawings of boobs. I mean, even by the most conservative Catholic standards, it's pretty tame. It is. I'm surprised they don't block, because uh, we have a Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash TWSKK. Yeah. Uh, I'm surprised they don't block our Facebook page because it's just two tits saying random things. Exactly. Yeah, very well done on the wordplay there. Yeah. We're just using the word. This is just a segment to use the word tit. Retroactive uh, language advisory because we use the T word twice. Yeah. Is that the, a bad word? It's it's part of the body. Technically, it's, it's like a saying bird. penis is a bad word. Penis well, isn't a bad word. Exactly. It's also a bird. So, you know. Yeah. But uh, Dublin Well Woman Center uh, were just blocked from promoting the post. They took it down and they were asked. They, they said that it, it was merely to promote, uh, you know, health checks. And it's it's an important post. And they said it wasn't sexual, uh, and they just denied their request to put it back up. And they denied the appeal as well, haven't yeah. they? They denied the appeal, saying that uh, they don't allow sexual images. Point blank, they don't. Uh, even though they said like it should, like they they allow a certain amount of that stuff if it's if it's for sexual health and stuff like that. Once it's uh, uh, it the ad is targeted at the right demographic, so it's over age, but which uh. The, the group claims they did mm-hmm. and they still denied it and so, denied the appeal even though it's like look guys this is just an ad so people know how to check their breasts for cancer that's that's not really sexual in any way whatsoever as i think they said themselves there is literally nothing sexual about breast cancer and yet facebook still blocked it it's, uh, yeah it's like it's like what like it's like i'm surprised they haven't backed down by now because it's a pr nightmare like mm. uh, and facebook are very kind of like uh Hippy dippy, twenty first century kind of. You see, that's that's the thing. With most of those tech cultures, they give the impression they are, but yeah. I think deep down, they're every corporate giant ever made. Because they're because they're the, the bottom line is the bottom line. Yeah, I, I'm like Parks and Rec made jokes about that as well. And they don't want to upset the status quo. Yeah, like the tech companies is like, oh, we're all about change and and doing things differently. Inclusion and social justice. And they're they're freaking hippie bars that 
to sell grain like Google have. <laughs> right. But, you know, they give out free healthy food. Yeah. That's my way of saying giving <laughs> hippie bars with grain. That's how they give out free healthy food. But yeah, they're every corporate giant ever. A, a named employee of Facebook uh, responded to their to their repeated appeals and once again rejected the ad for like the third time because the image doesn't uh, follow their pol- ad policies. Uh, basically, ads may not use overly sexual images, suggest nudity, show a lot of skin or cleavage, or focus on unnecessary specific body parts. They're cartoons. Focus unnecessarily on specific body parts. This, this I like the way if you have a ha- if you had an ad a campaign that unnecessarily focuses on hands, they'll also block it on those yeah. crowns. So the funny thing is, it's just like somebody wrote this policy. Yeah. Someone sat there and wrote this policy. It's like uh, better include unnecessarily unnecessarily showing body images. Yeah, specific parts. You know, if you, if you focus on the shoulder, because because and the, it's the ad is about cheese, your ad's gonna get pulled. Yeah. It's like your pornographic cheese ad. <laughs> the director of the Dublin Well Women's Centre, Alan Bagas, was described the Facebook decision as bizarre, which it is really. That's the only word you can use to describe it. Speaking to the Irish Times, she called the company to reverse the decision immediately. And uh, a spokesperson from Facebook said they're looking into it, which basically means go away. Yeah. Leave us alone. They'll probably buckle eventually. Yeah. Like this is made out of national who would still just be like, all right, put the thing up. Especially since Facebook, like, uh, in Ireland, more so than most countries, it's important. It's gonna uh, got a, a spotlight on it because we, they have their European headquarters in Dublin. Mm-hmm. So uh, you know, like they're kind of hurting their cred in the country where they have a very large presence. Yeah, so we don't want to annoy Facebook either, or they'll pull out. <laughs> okay, well, it looks like Daniel Craig had a few too many martinis, shaken, not stirred during the week, as he dramatically, dramatically declared that he'd rather slash his wrist than do another James Bond movie. Think think about that statement. He'd rather kill himself than play one of the most iconic characters of all time. These actors, they annoy me sometimes. He's like, oh no, what a burden that I have to play a character that I'm being paid a lot of money to play and the character that people love and films that people two out of three generally love. Yeah, exactly. It's like, oh no. Yeah, just Quantum doesn't exist. Ignore it. Oh no. The only good thing about that film is the theme song. Good theme song. But like, there's been like endless speculation in the headlines speculating about who could play the next James Bond. And now uh, the famous super spy stepped forward and uh, offered his candid thoughts on the role. Uh, he's like, look, I don't give an F-bomb. Good luck to them, uh, Craig said when he was asked who could play the next Bond. All I care about is that, uh, that after I stop doing these, that we've left it in a good place and people pick it up in a, and make it better uh, right now. Um the blue-eyed Bond, who next appears in Spectre, can't fathom doing another 007 film. Although I thought he was signed on for uh, one more after this one. I guarantee he probably will do another one, because that's always how these things work. It's like, I hate it, I hate it. Money. Okay! So he said, now, I'd rather break this glass and slash my wrists. No, not at the moment. Not at all. That's fine. I'm over at the moment. We're done. All I want to do is move on. Is he saying that he just doesn't want to talk about James Bond for a while because it's been like James Bond for the last year? Or But you can kind of understand these films are, are they consume you, I would imagine. Yeah. Because so, this is all he's been thinking about for months. And he seems like a bit of a, like, like and he's like the world's like most sophisticated troll. Yeah. Like he's like a, a really suave guy, but he just seems like he's having a bit of fun with it. Like, so he knew that like the internet would explode if he, if, if he said those things. So I don't think he necessarily means it, but... Um, and he was probably joking. I yeah. hope he was joking. And so I he think thinks it's a burden to have to do Bond. Shut said, up. But he said, he followed up to say, like, if he did another one at this point, it would be purely for the money. Yeah, he's a good Bond. Who cares? Yeah. Um, like, I don't care if he wants to do it as long as his films are good. Yeah. I'm not like, I'm not going to go see this film because he only did it for money. He's an actor. They only do everything for money because guess what? It's their job. But I, I, I'm pretty certain he's contractually obligated to do at least one more. But it could be pretty funny to see someone who really doesn't want to do a film in a film. He's just like, Bond. Yeah, whatever. James, I'm not, you know what? We've done like 25 of these already. You know the next line. I don't need to say Bond, James Bond. Yeah. Shoot, pow, end of film. Do, 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 do. He starts singing the theme song himself as he walks off set. That's going to be the next Bond film. Just a thoroughly like... disinterested Bond. I'm going to have sex with this woman now. 
And it's gonna, we're not it even me. we're not even gonna do like the the super sensual kind of hyper stylized Bond sex, which is there's there's Bond sex. That's a thing. It is it's just gonna be very very like gruff grunting, and then they're gonna lie there, and it's just gonna be like the shot after. It's just gonna be two minutes of them lying there after the sex, yeah. which they both regret because they had at the spur of the moment because he's super suave. Exactly. It's just like. What did I do? I don't even like you. Yeah, it's just like, you're super suave. This is like, you wooed me into bed. I'm like, oh, oh. But it, like, you almost forget, like, they, they make it so kind of unrealistic. You almost forget that they, that's what they've done. Like, oh, they just probably just pumped their private parts together. Yeah. That's graphic. But <laughs> uh, if it's one piece of advice that uh, he could give his successor, he said, don't be S-word. Uh, uh, that's poo. that's fair. It's basically, don't be poo. <laughs> poo. <laughs> Craig said, you've got to step up. People do not make movies like this anymore. It's really rare now. Don't be poo. That's good advice. That's, that's 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 really advice for every walk of life. There's a few names in the frame. I'm actually enthused about any of them. Um, the huge name that keeps getting talked about over and over again is Idris Elba. I don't have a problem with him being Bond. But I think, I think he'd be a good Bond. I almost think the media have talked him out of this of it at this point because they talked about him so much that it wouldn't be a surprise at this point. And, you know, one of the, one of the big things that, like, besides when a, a Bond movie comes out, like the theme song and the opening type credits, you know, the big sequence that they do, when there's a new Bond, they like to have a big announcement and they don't like it to kind of be obvious. Who I, I think be. he'd be a little gruff for Bond, but I think he'd make that work. Daniel Craig continued his trolling attempts saying it should be a woman. Well, if it's the right woman. Yeah. Well, I don't, I I don't have that. a problem with it being a woman. Um... Damien Lewis of Homeland is also in the mix. Who I have most of a problem with being because I don't particularly care for him. Yeah, he's kind of old enough. Listen, I I would like to see a younger Bond. Like 20s Bond. Maybe 20s, Go to Go the, the Matt Smith to the, the David Tennant and Christopher Eccleston. Maybe Fassbender. I'd like to see Fassbender do it. He's probably very busy, though. He is quite busy, but like, you know. Plus uh, or, uh, Irish Bond again, yeah. Uh, it could see it could be good to see an unknown do it. Yeah, just pick a pick a rando out of some BBC show that probably is a very good actor and just go for it, buddy. Can I, I, I like uh, when he revolutionizes or uh, re- rejuvenate. Is probably the better word uh, the role like that by adding in a person that hasn't been associated with other roles so much because then they can kind of become the character. Yeah, they don't carry that baggage with them. I'm afraid that's all the stories we have for you this week. Spoiler alert, more stories on the next episode. We'll be right back after a quick message with this week's Netflix. You're listening to the Weekend Show Podcast with Ken Kidney. Download every Sunday at soundcloud.com slash the weekend show. Welcome back to the Weekend Show. It's that time again for the institution. Institution, Ken. You can't live without it. That is Netflix. Uh, if you haven't heard the show before, we've lined up some of the top tips around the web, things floating about, entertainment, books, anything, anything that's on the internet. We cheat a lot. We do. It's basically like, you can buy this on the internet, so that's the Netflix. Yay! So anything available on the World Wide Web, essentially, for your entertainment, curiosity, or, or purchase, disgust. Or, yeah, basically, it's everything that exists in the world. Because everything's on the internet in some way, shape, or form. There's pictures of the New York Zoo. Go there. <laughs> but that's not our Netflix. My first Netflix this week is a person who's created Sunset Selfies. The Facebook page. I, I came across this on uh, Board Panda. Their article, My Cardboard Cutouts Come to Life in Magical Sunset Silhouettes. This person creates cardboard cutouts of things and then takes pictures of the, the silhouette in the sunset that makes it look real. That's pretty cool. Like, isn't, there, isn't like it's kind of cut out? Yeah. Stencil. Yeah. So it's it's like a cardboard Kermit the Frog, and all you see is the silhouette. So it's just the, the black kind of image, and all you see is him, uh, and he just takes pictures with them. So he he had a a log, and then a cardboard cutout of Kermit the Frog, and then him sitting there, and they're both playing the banjo, and it looks like he's playing the banjo with Kermit the Frog. That's awesome. It's super good. People do good things on the internet, Ken. Some people are like, "That's a waste of time. Why would you spend all your time with cardboard?" And it's like, "Shut up." Yeah. It's just like. In your mind, like, I would never have thought of doing that. But, like, God bless you for thinking of that. Yeah, and there's one and where he's, he's fleeing a shark. And there's one where he's, like, uh, being having pizza delivered to him by an alien. And they're, they're all just silhouettes, so they all look convincing enough to be. It's like, oh, it's an alien. And they're really cool. And, like, there's, like, and, and, like, there's nothing wrong. That's, like, it's, it's like pop art in its, in its purest form. It's, yeah. It causes a reaction and it makes people happy. 
Don't be cynical, internet people. Yeah, there's cool stuff on the internet and don't be mean about it. I, I haven't seen anyone be mean about it, but I'm sure there's some people like, oh, why would you do that? It's a waste of time. Shut up. Yeah, you. Yeah, shut up. But still listen to the show, please. Yes. Ken, what do you have for us? Well, my one is We Bear Bears. Uh, it's on the Cartoon Network website and app, although if you're in Amer- outside of America, you can't get it. But there are ways around it. Yeah. Ah, proxy. <laughs> stop! Stop forcing us to use these things. Just give it to us. Yeah, you'd make money off of us. Uh, even some proxies don't work because they got wise to it. But anyway, it's one of our latest cartoons. It, it it developed from a comic, and then it was a short, and they kind of it kind of developed from there. One of their former uh, storyboard artists who worked on some of their other uh, recent hits. Uh, his name escapes me. I probably just should have done more research. But okay, anyway. why not research your net picks? Uh, if you're a fan of Dimitri Martin, he actually does the voice of one of the characters. There's three bears who are essentially brothers, even though they're three separate types of bears. There's uh, Panda, Grizz, or Grizzly, who is a grizzly bear. And then there's Ice Bear. Have they have they examined the, the, the family relationships between them? Because they are three different types of bears. They cannot possibly be blood related to each other. Yeah, don't. <laughs> don't, don't you question the logic of the show, Gar? Are they adopted? They don't know Do they have them. parents? Have you met the parents? There is an indication in one episode that they somehow came together, but and, it, and it's really kind of cute, and if you think about it like that, that they're not actually blood brothers, as you pointed out, because they can't <gasps> be. But they, they they somehow came together and they see themselves as brothers. Oh, so it's, it's nice. Like, I'm sure, there'll be an origin story episode of some sort. Like there was one episode where one of them was uh, uh, uh stranded up a tree on his own as a cub, so it kind of indicated that they weren't always together but uh, uh dimitri martin if you're a fan of the comedian does one of the voices as i said ice bear and it's really funny because ice bear speaks in the third person <laughs> uh and so it's like uh uh what like what like grizz says in one episode like i think i speak for everyone and, and then and then ice bear just quietly chimes in nobody speaks for us <laughs> ice bear is not okay with this <laughs> so, I love those kind of egomaniacal deadpan characters. Yeah, he like he just like he's like pops in with the great odd one liner and like he he doesn't speak very often, so it, it's always funny. Uh, it's set in San Francisco, which is kind of like n- not just because I've recently been there. It's kind of refreshing that they actually set it in a real place. Does does ice bear melt there? No, he's he's quite comfortable. Uh, polar bears can live in warm climates, but they'll melt. They're ice bears. They're not made of ice, yeah. aren't they? Yeah. But they're white and they live in icy places. But uh, that's people... how ice works. This is my netpick for you. Go on. Some people have said that it isn't their best work, but uh, I think it's enjoyable. Like it's basically three bears trying to integrate into human society, so it's, it's bound to be funny. Yeah. And they they travel together in a in a pack, and the way they travel together is they stack each other themselves on top of each other. <laughs> it's like Muppet Man from the Muppets, is it? Basically, and they walk around the place. It looks really bizarre. <laughs> And some of the premises are they like like they're kind of like the, the usual bonkers character network. They find a jacket that has a tiger on the back. It's like a jean jacket, and all good stuff happens to them. So uh, they're they're lucky, but then the luck is too much, and they want to try to get rid of it. <laughs> like stuff like too much stuff happens. Uh, they become shush ninjas at at, at a, a theater, a movie theater, trying to shush people. Shush ninjas, and they go into films to to text and take selfies and chat. So they become shush ninjas. Uh, well, How do you say that? You routinely t- texted your way through yeah. films we went to see. And one where Grizz becomes uh, enamored with a giant burrito who becomes his best friend, and his brothers become worried for for him. But uh, I I digress. We bear bears. Check it out. It's pretty good. I mm. like it. And I like all. I like a lot of what Cartoon Network does. Um, I recently also discovered Teen Titans Go, which uh, has been on for three years. But uh, they've done stuff like Gumball. They're, the they're, Adventures of Gumball. They're just not afraid to kind of go outside the box. And what I love about cartoons like that is that kids will love it because it's silly. But you can, as an adult, you won't beat your head against the wall. I, I said that before. Like it has entertainment value for everyone. So that's We Bear Bears on Cartoon Network website and app, and it's also available on other on- online sources that I cannot endorse. But they are. Yeah. You're mentioning outright, practically. Yeah. <laughs> Wink. <laughs> Uh, my next one is is an essential piece of entertainment. It is a Malcolm in the Middle Flash game. Uh, is it is it like a new game? No. Well, yes, but it was released recently. It's not yeah. it's not one from like when Malcolm in the Middle was a show. Which is like ten years ago at this point. So it's it's a very simple game. You have Reese walking in front of you and Dewey walking behind you, and you press left and right to control Malcolm to make sure he remains in the middle. And that's the entire purpose of the game. Hipsters are taking over the world. Yeah, it's done in uh, like the kind of pixel art style, so it looks yeah. like an 8-bit or 16-bit game. 
it has a kind of chiptune version of the the is a theme song who sings uh, we might be giants isn't it yeah they, of that theme song and then the the characters just have little speech bubbles it's just like the reese one is occasionally just like i'm stupid and the Dewey one is like i'm unloved because i'm the, the the youngest and malcolm is just like i'm unlikable <laughs> Gareth, Gareth, just tell you one thing you know, if you die in the game, yeah, is there a soundbite that goes, life is unfair? Yes. Oh, that's brilliant. That is exactly what happens. How did I know that? Yeah, because it's... it's I've it's, never seen this game, I it's, it's the natural thing to happen, and then you can start again. It's stupid. It's kind of pointless. The game is, is utterly simple. You just press left or right and stay in the middle. But it's oddly enjoyable for a few minutes. It's a pointless diversion if you're bored at work and your boss isn't watching. Yeah, so that's a Malcolm in the Middle Flash game. Just Google it, you'll find it. My final one, Garrett, comes from YouTube. It's Carpool Karaoke from The Late Late Show with James Corden. I haven't watched him much of Corden's show, actually. He's actually really good. He does some really good skits. He's a funny guy. I, I, I do think he's just like, he's a, good, he's a good foil. He's just like, his kind of main strength is that he, he he's kind of silly, but he kind of keeps a straight face. So he's kind of, kind of not deadpan, but he kind of, he kind of treats everything as if it's serious, even though he's doing the most bizarre things. And that's where the comedy comes from. Basically, he picks celebrities up in his car so he can use the carpool lane. And then he asks them, can he turn on the radio? And then uh, it's, uh, I should say, celebrities from the music industry. And he, he just plays their songs and he asks them to sing along. Do, do they not recognize him? No, but like, you know, he, he, like they know they're doing a segment for the show, but they don't know. Oh, that, right. They don't so... know that they're going to play his music. Ah. The music. So like uh, Mariah Carey's in one. She reluctantly sings along to her own song. <laughs> she's a bit weird. You know, I don't know. Uh, she, she, she's, she's, she's terrible. She warbles. I don't like warbly singers, Ken. Yeah. Mariah Carey's a little bit, uh, what's the word? Divish. Not even divish. Eccentric. She's, she's, she's like in her own world where Mariah Carey is the only person that. <laughs> yes. She, the uh, world revolves around her. Not, not saying anything about that. More power to you. She's a multimillionaire. She makes quarter of a million a year off uh, All I Want for Christmas is You alone. Exactly. Enough said. But um, there's one with the popular rapper girl. What's her name? Popular rapper girl. Gosh, she's Australian. Iggy Azalea. That's it. I don't know anything about music and I knew who she was. She looks like a black person painted white. That's okay. (laughs) (laughs) uh, Before we uh, incite any uh, angry tweets. Yeah, some some kind of race cry. (laughs) But she's getting married at some point in the future and they stop and try on wedding dresses. So like they pull up to the studio with both of them wearing wedding dresses. It's uh, spoilers. I'm sorry. <laughs> There's a particularly funny one with uh, Stevie Wonder, who's who's pretty good. He keeps FaceTiming people during it for some <laughs> random reason. And Jennifer Hudson's in it. That's a bit of a dream girl. So it's pretty funny. There's also for you girls out there who are of a certain age, which is like teeny boppers, I think, I guess. Justin Bieber also does one. I totally watch that. Me and, uh, the, me and the Biebs are tight. He, he does it in good in, in, in good spirits, uh, in fairness. Like, he is, he is a good sport about it, and, he, and it actually is funny. And as and we I, established on the last episode of the podcast, I want him to play me in the film of my life. He's a, he's a nicer person that people give him credit for. So that's Carpool Karaoke, which is uh, a, a featured segment on occasion on Late Late Show with James Corden, but you can actually catch all of them on YouTube. That's the best thing about all of those shows. You, you never need to watch those shows because it's the same with Fallon. It's the same with Colbert's new, new show. I'm not sure that The Daily Show puts up theirs, but John Oliver puts up his show pretty much nearly entirely on YouTube. Yeah. There's no point of watching these shows when you can just, just pluck the best bits off YouTube the next day. Exactly. So, like, if you're, if you're into it, check it out. If, uh, if you check out any of our suggestions, why not let us know on our Facebook and Twitter page at facebook.com forward slash TWSKK and Twitter forward slash TWSKK. Is it because is it we're talking about James Corden you're doing a British accent? Uh, no, that was just me trying to be funny. Okay. if uh, You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter to suggest what kind of accent you think Ken was just doing. I could do statistics. That's another one I can that, do. That's your South African accent. You should, you should be watching Trevor Noah and trying to learn how to do it. Uh, just time for a break uh, before we come back at you with a discussion on Hollywood reboots and adaptations. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Weekend Show Podcast with Ken Kidney. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook. And you're very welcome back to the Weekend Show. It seems these days that not a day goes by where news doesn't emerge from Hollywood or Tinseltown about yet another reboot, adaptation, reimagining or interpretation. Or, in fact, reinterpretation. Of or a book. reinterpretation of a reinterpretation as they're getting to at this stage. Yeah. 
or of a beloved franchise or or a property of media. That's the only way I could describe it because like you're, they're getting them from everywhere. Serial, serial is being turned into a, a freaking TV show or film. Yeah, film blogs. Yeah, everything's been turned. Yeah, their their Twitter accounts have been turned into bloody TV show. shit. My dad says it was turned into a TV show. Exactly. So everything has been turned into a TV show or a film. I like many have a love hate relationship with the practice. <laughs> Ghostbusters reboot. Look, Ken, don't be so so blinded to the fact that it's women. Give it a chance, Ken, before you hate it. It could be mixed. What about equality, Ken? It it, it well, there doesn't need to be equality, Ken. That's that's my main problem with some society. Equality, the sameness is not equality. Beautiful. Yeah. Whether we like it or not, though, it's the order of the day and uh, here to stay. So this week we thought we'd talk about the best and the worst. What justifies a reboot? What makes a good one? And when to leave well enough alone? Gare, what are your feelings on this one? It's pretty avoidable, it has to be said. I, I don't mind. I don't mind the, the, the idea of making things well adapting things I have less of a problem with because you have to have source material from somewhere I understand that. yeah because The Martian is based on a book yeah. and uh, like every superhero film is based on a comic book before it yeah. nearly every superhero I think Hancock was original wasn't it yeah but even then it borrows from a lot of other yeah but yeah it's the reboots I have more of a problem with uh, what, what is like you kind of you kind of alluded to it earlier uh, what is too thin a premise or too thin a material to pull from? Like, like I, I, I don't, you don't mind adaptations because you have to get source material from somewhere. But like a lot of this time these days, they're pulling from places that are like very, very barren. Like a Twitter account. Like a Twitter account. So when, like when creating you... a whole show on the Twitter account. Shit, my dad says is 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 not really a, a kind of comprehensive premise for a show. The show is going to live and die, and this is the case with a lot of these things. Like the the in the, the new property is going to live and die based on its own merit, yeah. you know. No matter how much people loved like the original whatever you're remaking, the original Superman film films, uh, the new ones are going to live and die on their own merit. Like the, the that's that's going to be always the case. And what is your opinion on board game adaptations, which seems to be a big thing these days? Uh, we haven't had the Monopoly one yet, which it's is disappointing. Coming. Is it coming? I think it's in development. Is it really? We had Battleship, which is a Titanic failure. Get it? Yeah, Titanic. Yeah, Titanic. Uh, that's too soon. Exactly. <laughs> it's, it's, too, it's not been... Over 100 years ago. Yeah, it's why it's down for 100 years that you can make Titanic jokes, Ken. But, uh, even tight even titanic is a, like true story stuff is even not original yeah come on so it's like historical fact well not fact because very little of what happened in titanic actually happened it's, like even the steve jobs film is based upon the book which is based upon a person it, it's two degrees from originality so do you think that that like hollywood and filmmaking and tv in general is just getting away from original ideas well uh, i think tv is more of a bastion of real ideas these uh, uh, new ideas these days because you kind of have to churn out like uh, the, the schedules need to be filled every year yeah so there's going to be like new things and in fairness like sleepy hollow for example is a show that is an, ad- an adaptation of a book but it does some very weird and wacky things in its own so, so just that something is based upon something does not necessarily mean that it has to be kind of closely attached to it. The only thing is, a lot of these things have poor track records. Like the uh, the the board games has pretty much struck out. You sunk my battleship. Bleep, my dad said didn't last. I, I'd like, I would like if the battleship movie was just in some way they set up a premise premise where two people are playing a high stakes game of battleship. Where it's it's real life, but they don't know it. Yeah, it's kind of like, like the page master. <sighs> I don't know. That would that would be a good film. Or it's actual people. They're oh, that that was a missed opportunity. I should, I should have written that. Uh, or it's actually two people playing battleship, and there are real battleships. That's a great idea. I'm a Damn it, Hollywood! I'm a genius. Listen Liam, to our podcast and do that. Liam Neeson would have nailed that. Uh, one rich vein. I, I should say. I shouldn't really say rich vein. One, com, besides comic book characters, I think one of the most uh, well gone to wells is. Uh, video game adaptations. None of them are any good. We like I I I, I can like people like the Resident Evil Evil films. And they they hit a niche. They go for their own thing as a cult thing. But like uh, like let's let's list them. Prince of Persia never saw a sequel. It was all right. The Prince of Persia film wasn't a bad film. I think I think Prince of Persia has the highest Rotten Tomato rating of a video game adaptation. It's not actually that bad. I would actually would have watched more of that. Yeah, Tomb Raider. The first one was decent. Yeah. The second one was ugh. yeah. 
Uh, uh, Hitman, the original one, terrible. Yeah, totally uh, missed the point of the character. Yeah, the original, like even going way back, way back into the early 90s, the uh, original Super Mario Bros. film couldn't have got it more wrong. It was an utter train wreck. Even like TV shows, like the, the Zelda cartoon yeah. was the worst. <laughs> and I think one of the things it does, and uh, it, it just derivates too much from the source material, is like, they just like, take, oh yeah, Super Mario, we'll take the name and then we'll just do whatever we want with it. Do a weird film that's just strange. And you don't want to do fan service, but to a certain extent, you just have to give people what they want as well. But yeah, th- there is a reason these things were successful in the first place. There's a reason they clicked with people. And it's not entirely just down to really good gameplay, which is partially why Mario took over the world, because it's a brilliant game, even the first one. Yeah. It's, it's aged tremendously well. Go back and play it. It plays like a breeze. That's, that's a game that's 30 years old this year. Turned 30 last month. Could almost be new, really. Yeah, it plays perfectly. Like, you play some of those games and it's like... <laughs> but I think in a broader sense, even outside video games, like, things that try to kind of... Like, I, I understand that you can't, like, like, like recreate it verbatim. I, I, but, uh, you see, you get nerd rage when they don't try to recreate it verbatim. The, the, it's not the same brigade. And, uh, you see, that is the very delicate balance. Because when you remake, say, a book into a film... The people who loved the book are your target audience. That's yeah. the reason you're remaking it. People loved it. But then you have to make it your own. Yeah, so you have to strike that very fine balance between giving the people what they wanted from it in the first place yeah. and not treading over... The uh, same ground the original thing covered entirely in the same way. Exactly. It has to be original. So it's actually really hard too. That's probably why there's such a wasteland of unsuccessful. Yeah, because... People always give out, you know, when they deviate too much from the source material. But I, I'm always on the side of, that's the point of adapting it. Yeah. Like, uh, I have a problem with the Hunger Games films. Because they're pretty much a block-for-block a block remake of the book. And the third book is long and boring. Yeah, those books are, are thin. They have very good ideas, but they have relatively mediocre execution. And then that's the exact same thing in the films. Uh Fueled by Hollywood dollars, Garrett, one of the things that also bugs me these days is rebooting a reboot because it hasn't worked out. Spider-Man. Like Spider-Man. In the Spider-Man's space, always the first oh, one, isn't it? In the space of like, not even a decade and a half has been in- interpreted three times in a major, f- not even just one film, in, in a trilogy. Well, it was, well, Andrew Garfield only made it to two. It was a planned trilogy and they, they bailed out on it. Uh, so I, I, just, I just, I can't, like, I, can't, I just don't, just, like, I know they're not going. St- I think they're going straight into like they're not doing an origin story they're, this they're, time. They're skipping the great power this time. It's like there's only so many times we can kill Uncle Ben. Yeah. <laughs> so like they're kind of basically the hook now with that uh, young Spidey, so kids can relate. It's it's clever in some ways. Yeah, I'm sure Tom Holland will do a really good job. I I don't have much of a problem with the Andrew Garfield Spider-Man films. I thought they were good. I yeah. I, I thought he, his Spider-Man was closest to what I thought Spider-Man, Spider-Man should sh- be should be in terms of like being kind of irresponsible, kind of. Uh, uh, wisecracking smart but also kind of you know tortured orphan yeah uh uh kind of like kill his uncle essentially when we were younger even though it had very hokey animation he's what i want from my spider-man and he was the closest to it i think yeah so i'll defend those mostly because the toby Maguire films were utterly terrible so we've talked about where it goes wrong where does a reboot or an adaptation go right how does it do get it there because it, it as i've already said it kind of lives on its own merits like you can adapt things to death i don't care how good something is as i said i'd like the the, the spider-man reboots yeah. because they're better than the first two yeah. i'll go see a spider-man film again yeah and i'll because I'll, he's my favorite superhero i'll keep on going to see spider-man films and you see sequel after sequel after sequel after sequel i have more of a problem with sequels than reboots there are some reboots where you're just like total recall like why is that exactly it's like were people clamoring for this yeah or, it's, it's or, just like and there's a minority report tv show now there's a limitless tv show now they're bringing back the x-files they brought back heroes and you're just like were people x-files fair enough that was a big hit but the rest of them they're like were people really like oh i wanted that minority report story to continue yeah and like people like uh, is it that there's no original ideas in hollywood anymore Gar? is it just that it's easier to to take something that already exists or, or that, that was successful in the first place and hope to strike strike fire twice yeah 
Or is it just that you own it, you just want to use it rather than it sit on the shelf? That's true. It's it's easier than having to come up with a whole different like start to finish idea. It's just like let's limitless uh maybe we can get oh we can get Bradley Cooper. Let's make a limitless TV show. Yeah. And I think a lot of it, especially when you see film to TV movements, a lot of it is we can't get a sequel done, so let's turn it into a TV show. Exactly. Or it's, the kind of stakes are lower. One of the things you talked about there was sequels, Garrett, and uh, I think uh, taking a case case study, say, of Pixar. Yes. They ran into trouble in the last couple of years, and they've never had a, a bomb of a film, in fairness. Uh, they've Cars had films that, that performed less than expected. Oh, in terms of financially, all have done well. Yeah, yeah. All have done well enough. But critically, uh, they've kind of, they kind of ran aground in the, in the last few years because of so many sequels. And that's natural because Disney owned them now and they want... Well, the, 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 this is the Pixar's third film was a sequel. Yeah. Toy Story 2. So, like, so the, it wasn't unprecedented, unprecedented for them to make sequels, but they turned out so many original ideas over and over and over again. They, they, they kind of developed that reputation as being infallible. And people just started to say, have Pixar lost the magic just because... Cars 2 was rubbish. And Brave was mediocre. And I think... And Monsters University was mediocre. But what we're seeing happen now is the, the, the people who are there to start are still at the helm, but they have a, a kind of a generation of young animators that are coming up now. It's the same in Disney that are kind of forcing things back in the... In the like, it comes in cycles. Like, obviously, as the older people you know, come up, they get stuck in their ways. They, and they, they run out of ideas. Like the, You have so many ideas. Like That's the reason some of the most creative people in, in the world kind of baffle me. Yeah, because it's like these people churn out things over and over again. It's like How do you keep doing. Yeah, it? because most people, it's like there's one book in everybody. Yeah, there's not two books in everybody, and too often do we discover that. Yeah, but that that's probably a good point as well, Gar. Maybe sometimes it's just too hard to come up with something new. Yeah, there's like that, there's and we will have new ideas. Like yeah. the, the Martian was a very interesting book. It was yeah. new when it was a book. Yeah, and then it was turned into a film. And and it. it it's, it's not a, a new concept as such, but it's kind of mixing two elements, a space epic with uh, a Robinson Crusoe story. So I think like there are no original ideas anymore. There really isn't because yeah. you can't have an original idea. There's too much that's everything is going to be compared to something because yeah. it's going to be similar. Like but, pretty much every piece of fantasy ever made has roots in Tolkien. Yeah. Like or, no matter what. And like they say that everything goes back to like five bi- or like a, a set of basic stories from Greek mythology. Like yeah, there's there's the gr- hero, the so on and so there's forth. There's what the, the seven deadly sins. How many emotions are there? There's only as many stories as there are, there are emotions. And we're not going to suddenly start inventing new emotions. So it's, it's about how you combine elements, I suppose. Yeah, like, it's just, is it good? That's like, I don't care how often you adapt it. It's just, if, if it's good, fair enough. I don't want to see the same story over and over again. That's, yeah. that's good that, say, Spider-Man, they're just skipping the origin story. Because no one wants to see Uncle Ben die again, as I said. Yeah. So when when is it good to leave uh, well enough alone? So let's take an example of say, uh, uh, of say cars, cars or Fantastic Four from this. Wait, well, Fantastic Four, you can understand. Well, Parsh uh, Parsh did its business because Fox don't want to lose the rights. Like over and over again, they just make the films because they want to do something with the franchise rather than they have something to do with it. Yeah. So and it was successful, I think, financially, pretty much. Fantastic Four. Yeah. I think it broke even. But like, and I think they do plan to move forward with it mostly because they own the rights to it. As you, that's you, that's the only reason they'll continue to make Fantastic Four films. Like, and I'm not saying never do this stuff again, but maybe just wait. Yeah, just kind of sit on it for a while. Give it fifteen years. Put them in a movie sometime just to keep the rights. Like, just kind yeah, of yeah, yeah. Even yeah, watch. that's a much better idea. Put them in an X Men film. Do something like that just to keep things ticking over. Uh, but uh, you know, the bottom line is that Hollywood is a business. Yeah, and that. To make money, they'll make cars until the end of time. Yeah, because cars is bank, bankable. Like, uh, like not even the the gross, like two million. Uh, sorry, not even million. That's billion with a B, uh, in revenue from the merchandise alone and the spin-off films, which are made like for the cheapest amount of money possible, and just hope to you drag people in with the cars adjacent brand. So, uh, we're gonna move on to have a little bit of fun. Okay, so. Uh, if I could ask you for one show or movie, I'm not going to ask you for both because we're pushed for time, uh, that you wish would be, or movie series, it could be anything that w- you wish could be rebooted, uh, what would it be? I like Fringe. Fringe? You want Fringe? Or Par- Parks and Rec, just bring it back with the same people. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I like the ideas of Fringe. I think Fringe would make a good film. Yeah. The kind of core premise of Fringe, which spoilers, alternate universes going back and forth. That's not much of a spoiler. It's first season stuff. 
not fifth season stuff but i i think that kind of stuff is fascinating i yeah. think you could make a really good kind of uh, 120 minute film out of that kind of core story no this is this is an interesting one for me like i am a huge fan of ghostbusters and i'd actually like to see it as a tv show well, they did the car- they did the cartoon. Yeah, but live action TV show. What would you think of that? Because it's it's kind of lends itself to a TV show because you can kind of do a case of the week kind of deal or yeah. new ghosts, but then special effects. Yeah, cost a bit of money. But if you had like a limited run of maybe ten to thirteen episodes, mm. you could probably put the resources into it. Yeah, and Doctor Who gets by. One though, re- part of Doctor Who's charm is its hokey, hokey, terrible effects every so often. Yeah, but like the, it the, gets away with it because it's like, Doctor Who. We talked about Doctor Who before. Like Doctor Who uh, has always had that thing where they had a certain budget, so certain episodes are spectacular. They tend to be like kind of the bigger episodes with like all the effects and all the stuff, and then certain episodes tend to be quite down and have like really simple sets because uh, we ran out of money yeah but Doctor Who and James Bond in particular are two very interesting examples of things that reboot themselves yeah over and over again and people just go with it and, yeah. and, and they've gotten to the point where it's almost genius where people are excited about whenever it reboots yeah, itself it kind of kind of renews interest if you lose interest in Peter Capaldi or, or Daniel Craig you know you'll have someone along and probably well, if three seasons is the average for doctor who and yeah. it's usually he's, about three i think he'll stick with it for a while unless they scan him uh because he's just excited to have the role yeah or, but, and it's usually about three or four films per bond as well isn't it yeah so you want to have a long-standing kind of uh, it's hard to build that it just kind of happens you can't really create that but like getting to the point where you have a franchise where multiple people play the same character but people are excited about when it rejuvenates itself and like like i was actually out out of doctor who and it pulled me back in with matt smith so it can actually pull people back in when when it changes because like you might not care for one incarnation but uh, it's it's a really clever thing but it's not something you can create if you try to create it it won't work yeah so uh, we're running short in time now ken okay we'll, we'll, we'll slide through this one piece uh you wish wasn't rebooted. oh transformers yeah. <laughs> they've announced another four ken because they rebooted it transformers 4 was a kind of a soft reboot with mark Wahlberg. yeah and it's just like go away. Is it is it going to a full reboot now? I don't know, but they're making another four, so I assume four. four How many start together? Like eight. That's eight. Plus they'll probably start spinning them off into their own little universe. Oh, it's just like God. go away, just go away. Mine's easy. It's it's quick. It's TMNT. Oh yeah, that's an, it's all it's all Michael Bay. Ken, it all comes back to Michael Bay rebooting things we love in terrible Stop ways. Stop ruining my childhood. <laughs> yeah. Stop making things we like in ways that are terrible, Michael Bay. So, uh, when, like, uh, for uh, speaking of cinema, uh, one piece of media you'd like to, media that like, doesn't have to be like a, a pre-existing film or thing, like a piece of media that's not already a, a, adapted for the screen. What would you like to say? Uh, there's a book by Michael Crichton, which was actually go- uh, Steven Spielberg was attached at one stage, and I think it's disappeared. Uh, called Pirate Latitudes. Yeah, which, it was it was hugely talked about being adapted. And I, I think Spielberg was attached, but then it it just kind of fell off the face of the earth. Uh, and I know uh, I mentioned. Like a book I'd like to that is being turned into a film is Ready Player One, yeah. by Ernest Cline, which is a very good book about kind of an alternate reality world and a quest to earn lots of money, which so, Spielberg is also attached to. He's attached to all those films. I like Spielberg. We discussed this last time, but yeah, I'd like to see Pirate Latitudes turned into a book. It's Pirates of the Caribbean, except probably a little better. I'm gonna cheat a little bit. Um, in the past, uh, Roald Dahl books have been adapted mm-hmm. for the screen. I kind of like to see one of those kind of adventures, kind of like Goosebumps is is coming out, where you combine the universe somehow. Ah, uh, like the the role car- role doll characters come to life in some kind of way. Yeah, yeah. that would be cool, and seeing seeing them interact. That would be fun. Just, just Charlie and the Giant Peach. Uh, James and Giant Peach. I was combining. I was combining, okay. I was combining I'm, them. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I got what you did, and I was too late. I just said it. Joke went straight over your head. But I, I'd like to see something where, where they all interact because they're such different universes, different characters. I'd like to see what what would happen there, and I think it would make. That'd be a neat idea. You could do it like a live action animation combo as well. Yeah. Like the characters come to life in the real world. It doesn't even have to be a, a particular, particularly clever reason. It's no. just, just, just like yeah, Goosebumps is just like, the books are coming to life. Which I think is a neat, neat idea in its own right. Okay. Uh, one piece of media that in development that you wish was not. Uh, the Hunger Games, which is still in development. I'm technically cheating. Yeah. Um, I, those films. Those films, Ken. They're, they're good. It's so boring. And like the, the last one was critically acclaimed and I do not for the life of me understand why. Because yeah. it was boring. Yeah, that book is... Like the book is, isn't great source material. It's pretty bad. And that's that's another thing. Breaking these books into two. These books were written with the intent of being a single story. 
there is a beginning and a middle and an end. There's a structure to books, Ken. You can't just hack a book in two. Then you just have the beginning and some of the middle as a film. And that doesn't work as a film. Uh, I'm going to say Ghostbusters because I'm better. Yeah, give it a chance, Ken, you sexist. It's just going to be bridesmaids with ghosts. Sexist. I'm, 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 I'm stuck in my ways and I want to <laughs> see Bill Murray. And... Bill Murray's going to be in it. But like probably wearing a wig or something. Yeah, probably. Chris but, Hemsworth's going to be in it. Back to the Hunger Games. Who would ever choose what's his name over Chris or Liam Hemsworth? It's kind of a, an upgrade because Rick Moranis played the guy like that, the kind of dopey guy that wants to be a Ghostbuster, but they kind of que- treat him like a dweeb. Now it's Chris Hemsworth. Certainly more quite, interesting to look at. Quite an upgrade. But we, I could talk all night about how I hate the new Ghostbusters film. But uh, we're out of time. Uh, what are your two cents on the art of the reboot? Let's reboot this podcast. Or. Somebody, if you want to turn this podcast into a film, The Weekend Show, The Film. Starring Justin Bieber and yes. John Krasinski. I think yes, I th- th- those would be the two people in it. Let us know what you think on Twitter at TWSKK and on Facebook at Facebook.com forward slash TWSKK. We'll be right back to take it home. Stick around. You're listening to The Weekend Show Podcast with Ken Kidney. Download every Sunday at soundcloud.com slash The Weekend Show. Okay, podcast aficionados, we are off to reboot the show in time for next week. If you're out there listening, thank you for taking the time to click play and download on the podcast. You can find a new episode every Sunday at soundcloud.com forward slash The Weekend Show. And we are also available on the iTunes. Yeah, if you're listening to us on SoundCloud right now, if you go to iTunes, you can download us on iTunes and take us with you anywhere you like. It's a completely different listening experience, we promise. Yeah, because it's it's everywhere. Speaking of which, why not leave us a review on iTunes? You could even win an iPod. But if you do, it would be purely coincidental. Yeah. Uh, you can like us on Facebook, as we said, at facebook.com forward slash TWSKK. And where can they find us on Twitter, Gar? On Twitter at TWSKK. Our theme music is by the lovely Mr. Dron. And until next time, say goodbye, Gar. Bye-bye. Take it easy, everybody.